plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it's Wednesday. It's 4 p.m. Pacific. And so that must mean that it's Star Style. Be the star you are here on Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, coming to you live. I am Cynthia Bryan, and I'm always excited to to share this hour of power with you every single week. And today is going to be really interesting because in segment two, coming up, we are going to be talking with Dominique Antillo, who wrote the book, The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology, uh, How to Breathe, Connect with the Calm and Happy You. I had never even heard of sophrology, and so it's really quite interesting. It's a unique blend of Eastern practices like meditation and yoga, plus Western science of relaxation, psychology, neurology, and it's a really simple practice that you can use anywhere to build resilience and positivity and transform your daily experience into one of joy and happiness. And of course, that's what we want for you here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The In segment three, we'll be talking about the best cure of whatever ails you. And if you're wondering what that is, is I would say it's time not to pop pills, but to pop in at the park. So it's going to be nature therapy, and it actually is a new prescription that doctors around the country are uh, prescribing. And the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Please visit the charity at bethestarur.org, bethestarur.org. This is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Most of the shadows of this life are caused by our standing in our own sunshine. So I think we, um, you know, we need to, if we don't want to see the shadows, don't stand in the the sun and give yourself a shadow. So this is actually a, a quite a good one. Well, in segment one here, I want to talk about giving positive feedback because I don't know about you, but it's very hard for me to deliver bad news. And I, I really don't ever like doing anything that's negative feedback. It's really uncomfortable. And it just it doesn't make me feel good. And I can only imagine that the person that would be receiving it doesn't feel good. And I hate the word criticism because uh, nobody likes to be criticized. I mean, I think we all want to improve and we all like to get better at things. So if we can get feedback quickly that isn't hurtful but is, you know, is good for us, then I think we'll all be better off. So how if you need to give feedback to someone, and when I say that, it could be, doesn't have to just be an employee. This can be to a friend, to a partner, a spouse, you know, what, whoever, or, you know, somebody that you just might be... Um, 
interacting with. So you, you don't want to wait for anything really bad to happen. Or if you're in a work situation, you don't want to wait for that annual review to call out areas of improvement because it's so much better to bring attention to issues swiftly so that the details are fresh. And, um, you know, sometimes a day after the incident is the sweet spot because you have a bit of time to quell that too hot of emotion. And then it lets you prepare and be more thoughtful with your words. Because in the moment when something bad happens, both parties have a stronger and le less helpful reaction. You know, the one party might feel really bad that they screwed up. And the party that had the screw up, is like, dang it. So um, we need to not just cover goals and focus on future looking feedback, but we need to focus on what to do more of or less of now and, and do it in a positive way. So you have to remember your intention. Think about why you want to share the feedback in the first place. I'll give you an example that's literally from the last week, or, um, but I had to give it today is um, I had to hire somebody that to be pruning some of my bushes that I personally couldn't do in my garden. But in so pruning, they actually cut my electric, my light switch, my light, um, my outdoor lights. And in three different places, three different strands, which is really frustrating to me because obviously it is requires three different things. First of all, or for the different things, I have to find out why my lights aren't working. Second, I have to, once I do find out they're not working, then I have to take them down, take them apart, go to the store, buy a new set, put up the new set. So, uh, you know, it all takes time and it's expensive. Um, I know it's not done intentionally. However, I would have liked to have known. So when the people came today to do some more work, I just kindly, I had the broken um, light switches, light, I don't know why I'm saying light switches, the strings of lights, and I brought it to them, and I just asked them, please be more careful when you are pruning the following bushes, and I want to point out where the light strings are because it's difficult for me to, you know, have to troubleshoot after something when something's not working and it it's time and money and all of that. So I would really appreciate it. And they, you know, they were really, they were fine with it. And they, they appreciated that I told them as opposed to just kind of, you know, simmering about it. So again, if you have to think about why you want to share that feedback for me was there were more lights that they could have cut today. And, um, of course the day's not over and it's not night and I haven't tested them yet. So I'm hoping that our little talk helped, but you know, at the time it may feel less benevolent. If you, if you find somebody in the act of doing something that makes you crazy, and you may want to think that you just need to curb bad, bad habits or fix some sloppy work and that any kind of feedback helps your team learn and grow. Um, but you have to remember that if you're working with people or you're in a relationship, you want to earn trust. And if you don't deliver the feedback, someone else will, and they may not do it 
in as positive a way as you would do it, or maybe they won't do it as, as the way that you would want to. And so in, during that conversation, you want to express your intention. For example, you could say, I'm telling you this because I care about you and I want you to be as effective as possible. For me, I said, I'm telling you this because I really don't want it to happen again. And I think if I show you where the lights are and point them out, it'll make it easier for you not to cut them. And they were like, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Okay, so think about the content, not the delivery. So in a work situation, many managers worry about how they're going to soften the blow instead of what it is that they're going to say. And that's like kind of preparing to give a speech and focusing on what you're going to wear as opposed to the importance of what it is you're going to say. So um, you you definitely, you know, don't want to try to focus on lessening the blow. Ask yourself, what is your core message? What do you hope to accomplish? What do you want the person to take away from the conversation? What do you want to happen next? And if it's hard for you, as it is for me, um, write down what you'll say and practice it. Maybe practice it in the shower. Or practice it with somebody you that you know you can trust, and zero in on the behavior or the action rather than discussing the feelings. So you want to give some concrete examples, uh, just like I did. Is I showed him the the uh, string of lights that had been cut, and they you know it was surprising. I didn't just get upset with them by saying, "And you broke the lights," and not showing them any proof of it. And you can start with a question. Sometimes a question is, is a good way to open the discussion because it's a, it should be a dialogue, not a monologue. Um, you might say something like, I'd like to have a conversation with you to give you some feedback. Would that be okay? And it's human nature to say yes, but by asking permission, you might strengthen the relationship. And you can have the other person lead the conversation because you could say, gosh, I'd like to talk to you about these um, cut electrical um, wiring here. Did you know that you had cut them? Something like that. Give your your the people time to respond because in many cases they already know where they've fallen short or what they have done that wasn't correct. And when you frame the conversation as a collaboration instead of as a criticism, that bad word criticism, the tone is more supportive. And use the fewest words as possible. Be as specific as possible. Vague or cliched phrases, you know, just don't work. Sugarcoating feedback is confusing for the listener because that increases the likelihood that they might miss your point entirely. So if you use 100 words to say someone missed a deadline, you're definitely over-explaining. So once you hold up on your filler words and softeners, you know, you know, you don't have to say, "I know you're overworked," or you know, you were, it were you were running, trying to get everything done quickly, whatever that is. The feedback starts to feel more personal, and it feels like there's some bias that's creeping in. So instead, just get to the point. Mention what it is that you observed. Say that you noticed that the deadline was missed, you know, for the last two reports. What happened? And give the person time to respond. Don't water down that message because the common habit of sandwiching 
negative feedback between two slices of praise might be instinctive, but it really is one of the biggest mistakes that we all make because when we do that, we're hiding the feedback inside what we call throwaway compliments, and that actually takes the power out of our words. And, and people can see it coming. They'll, they'll just dismiss the positive, and they'll wait for the negative, and then they're going to feel bad, and then they're not going to really trust what it is that we have to say. So what you can do to be kind and direct is express the feedback positively uh, as, you know, by saying, you know, things are really going well. And I just have this one constructive feedback um, on something that needs improvement. And I, I, I have this advice that I think might help you. So again, uh, using my example of my cut um, electrical lights, I let them know how great the pruning looked. And, you know, the pruning is really going well. It's just this is this one issue that we have to deal with so that it doesn't happen again. Provide context. Um, and what I mean by that is why do you care if someone, um, you know, cuts the light or delivers work late or doesn't format a presentation perfectly? And the answers might be really obvious to you. But it may not be obvious to the person that you're working with or that you're talking to. So if you place specific notes inside that bigger picture, for example, uh, when our department is late with work, it affects all the other teams. Or when um, something is misaligned, it gives people a lack of confidence in what you're doing. So explaining why your feedback is important it makes it easier to deliver and it also makes it easier to hear. So be empathetic though. Don't forget, um, receiving critical comments is really hard and it doesn't matter how skillful anybody is at delivering the feedback, even when it's positive feedback. I'm sure it still stings. I know whenever, um, I, you know, I tried to do this in the most positive way, but I'm sure that in some way the person receiving it still felt he did gosh I didn't realize I did that you know so avoid the word you if at all possible subtle word choices can make the conversation feel like a dialogue rather than an attack so example instead of saying this is what I think you could have done differently say this is what I think could have been done differently just drop the you and always do it face to face the you know trying to do things on text and um, email or voicemail delivering tough news via any of those things is really tempting because you don't have to be face to face but meeting in person is much better it allows you to read each other's nonverbal cues and emotional intent so being face to face really is the only way to ensure that the other person can sense your um, empathy your compassion and that you care and you know it will it will be harder to discern whether somebody's upset about something or even paying attention to what you're saying if you're not face to face so get face to face and uh, i could tell by the demeanor and the facial expressions of the person that I was giving this feedback on today about the lights that really and truly he had no idea he had cut them and really and truly he was appreciative to know that he had 
and that he didn't want to do it again. I have a, and I did not say to him, he has to replace them or pay me or anything. I did not include that. I just figure, you know, these are accidents that happens. And I just, I didn't even say that. I just pointed out that we didn't want this to happen again. So I pointed out where they were. And have a follow-up plan. Close out the conversation with a discussion of next steps. Ask how you can be helpful. Decide together when you might want to talk again. And then check in in a day or two to see how the other person might be feeling, especially if it's a work situation or a relationship situation. Because when you do, again, it gets back to trust. You want to give feedback, um, positive feedback, and make sure that the next time it's easier to share this feedback. And again, don't forget praise. Making, delivering positive feedback part of your routine and don't just squeeze it into unpleasant conversations. So give positive feedback as often as possible. Compliment people. I really like the way you handled that challenge is a good thing to say. Or, wow, I really appreciate the way that you work. You really have a wonderful work ethic. Whatever it is. So this gets people to a place where they're going to actually crave feedback and it'll make it easier for you to give it. So we are going to be going to just a very quick break. And when we come back, the life-changing power of sophrology will be on with Dominique. And I am really looking forward to this because this is a brand new technique and system that we can all benefit from. So stay with me. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and my name is Cynthia Bryan. Be right back. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling. Well, the party is now going to begin because Dominique Antillo is with us, and she's a sophrologist specializing in stress management, self development, and birth preparation. Born in Switzerland, she is living in London, and she is going to be talking to us about her book, The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology, Breathe and Connect with the Calm and Happy You. And this is a way to overcome stress, to be more productive. It's all kinds of great things, and I had never heard of it before. Welcome, Dominique, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm very excited for you, and it's really kind of you because there is definitely a time change between California and England, and so I know that it's uh, the middle of the night or the early morning for you, so thank you. Now, this this was such an eye-opener. I had never heard of sophrology until I read your book, and it turns out that the term sophrology was created in 1960 and inspired... um, by a word by uh, Plato and Alfonso, is it Caicedo? Yes, Caicedo. And that's who you studied with. So will you give me a little, give us a background of what sophrology is and why isn't it known here in America? Do you have any idea? Yeah, so um, thank you. So yeah, of course, sophrology, as you said, it's a a stress management and self-development practice. So it's a, it's a unique combination of relaxation exercises, breathing, um, some very simple movement and visualization. And the practice has been built over 12 levels and each level uh, explore one aspect of consciousness. So effectively, the, the aim of sophology is to, to have a, a higher level of harmony between mind and body and, and to really develop your inner resources so you can uh, happily uh, deal with life and be happy. Um, and, and that was developed, as you said, in the 60s by a neuropsychiatrist uh, in Spain, and um, it rapidly developed uh, in France, Switzerland, Belgium, and Portugal. And it's now extremely uh, famous. It's actually more famous than mindfulness in continental Europe. This is the way women prepare for birth. This is the way athletes uh, prepare for competitions, students for exams, uh, corporate for uh, preventing burnout so it's it's really everywhere on the continent and uh, when I when I arrived in London from Switzerland eight or nine years ago now I couldn't believe that sophology was not available here in London and that's um, how I kind of 
found my uh, my new challenge. <laughs> your being, passion. You got yeah. to live your passion. Yeah, completely. Because I I was fortunate to meet sophology at a very young age, and I benefited from sophology so much that. You know, I, I want more people to be able to benefit from these simple tools. And, um, and uh, that's how it all started uh, with, this, with this book and then spreading the method beyond, um, beyond continental Europe and now coming to the U.S. So it's, it's all very new. And when you ask why has it not reached English-speaking countries before, I, my only answer is always like, how long did it take to have good French cuisine in uh, in London? You know, it's only right. Isn't that the truth? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know really. I think it's sometimes I don't know. These things have their own momentum and happens to be now. And I'm I'm not sure how. It's really weird that it hasn't reached um, other countries before. So I'm here to um, yeah to change that. To change that and to be the sophrology coach for for those here in America. Well, what was fascinating to me as I was reading your book, The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology, is how similar it is to mindfulness and how many of the different exercises, they're very, very simple. You can do them anywhere. The breathing is very important. But how does do you find because you know all of the mindfulness meditation yoga etc you know i think that what i really like you to um explain to our listeners dominique is all of the studies that alfonso caicedo the the spanish medical student uh, who was born in colombia right in colombia yes. uh, what he studied because he traveled extensively to kind of find the best tools from Japan, from the from India, from different places, and then brought this all together. Yes, exactly. So, just to go back on the difference, I, I just wanted to to yes. finish on that because I I thought like the technology had had broken up now, but it hasn't. So that's great. No. So just, I, just I heard every word you said. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So yeah, just to say that actually we learn to to really connect with uh, the positivity, the positive resources that we have in consciousness through through the body, but also through visualization, through recognizing positive sensation, and it just shifts our awareness to a, a more positive and empowered uh, self. So, yeah, and, and Alfonso Caicedo, which I was very privileged to study with, he, in the 60s, as a neuropsychiatrist, he decided to um, go to Japan, India, and Tibet, and, and observed um, with his scientific eye how these yogis and people who were meditating were, were tapping into consciousness through their methods. And that's, that's where... He took the inspiration of all the um, very, the universal principle that you find in sophology, and he mixed them. He mixed them with psychology, phenomenology, and relaxation. And that's that's why it's also called dynamic relaxation on on in continental Europe because it's it's effectively a way to fully relax in body and mind and to 
switch on, you know, this dynamic force we all have within that can really help us to go to the next level. You began, you actually uh, found out about sophrology and started practicing it at age 15, which is really young because you were uh, having, you know, some issues and stress, etc. And this is what made you so um, interested in studying it more. Did it work right away for you? It did, actually. That's, that's I think, one of the reasons why I'm so you know, passionate about, and I think it can help so many people because within five sessions with this sophologist I met over five weeks, she gave me a very simple recording that that we, we practiced together and she guided me through her voice and, and, and then, and then I just practiced that for 10 minutes every day. And over five weeks, it had completely solved my my health issue. I, I was suffering from fainting episode, from from intense tiredness, um, a lack of motivation, and recurrent infection. And and I just uh, I just completely transformed over these five weeks, and and understood not only how mind and body are connected and how I can tap into that connection in a positive way, but also that I could use that method to feel more in control with and connected with, with myself, you know? It, you know, it is amazing because in, in reading your book, it sounds like most of the people that you work with have similar experiences that sometimes even in the very first consultation that they do with you they immediately feel better or they perform better or something and and so many people have gone to different uh, specialists and physicians etc and then when they find sophrology everything gets better for them because it's incorporating mind body and spirit yeah, and, and I think because the tools are, are simple and, and gives a choice how to con- as to how you want to connect. You know, some people connect with movement uh, more easily to relax. Some people uh, like the stillness and the breath. Some people use their mind and use the visualization to be able to tap into their um, deeper self. And I think when you are in a one-to-one session, you you get the opportunity to know that person and to understand how they function and their and therefore choose the right way in with the method. And and I think because the method offers so many different opportunities to work with, then then you know there's a good chance of being able to tap quite quickly into uh, this person consciousness. And it's it's really consciousness that does the work you know it's 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 not me as a therapist it's it's I'm just giving the tools and and the the magic is within us you know it's that amazing physiology that can balance again that this this emotion that can balance and this new awareness that can unveil you know and we all have that yeah, every everything we need is inside of us, but it's you know shining that star up, which becomes challenging if you don't have the tools. If you're just joining us, we are talking with Dominique Antiglio, 
and her book is called The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology. She's from Switzerland, and she's living in London now, and she runs a practice of sophrology, which is something new to America, but something that sounds like it really needs to be part of our consciousness and something that could help us so much. Now, something that I know that listeners will be really interested in, Dominique, is the fact that sophrology can really help with performance. Because you had mentioned earlier that in Europe, people can enhance their lives, both personally and professionally, you know, and professional athletes use it, etc., or um, for exams or whatever you have that might be stressful that's coming up. You have to give a speech, whatever. So talk a little bit more about th- those tools. How does it, how does sophrology work for that? So um, for sports and for competition, we, and, and all sorts of events, as you said, we, we use a combination of body awareness and, and visualization. So basically we, we teach people to connect with their empowered self, their confident self, or their calm self through the awareness of the body. As they practice, they, they learn to tap into that aspect and feel as relaxed as possible. And then we, we, in that state, we prepare the event step by step, um, understanding the context and how they can uh, build the resilience they need to perhaps be back on track or overcome some fears they may have. And, um, and yeah, so, so a lot of like uh, sports people are using, like, for example, one that you, you may know is Steve Ballesteros, the, the famous golfer. He used to be um, a student of right. uh, Alfonso Caicedo, the founder of Sophology, and he, he really says that he, he thinks that his journey into competition and being such a, a high-performing athlete is down to sophology. And um, so he used to practice just before the competition, saying he was actually going in the toilet just before this, the competition. Right, right. <laughs> three, four minutes, and then, and then starting his competition, which is... Well, which which I, I can totally picture, you know. <laughs> well, you know, what, one of the things that impressed me the most is uh, that you can do sophrology anywhere at any time in your own space. So, you, exa- you know, you, you mentioned in your book, oh, you don't need the yoga mat or you don't need special clothing or anything. So if the only time you have is on your commute to work, whether you're driving or on the train or whatever, you can do it, just like do it there. You don't have to shut your eyes. You don't have to uh, lie down. You you can do your sophrology in a way that works for you. So uh, is it you, I know in your business, uh, in your practice uh, with people, you actually design a program that would best suit uh, the people that you're working with, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you know what's going to work best? And so do people come and say to you, all right, I really won't have 10 minutes by myself. Um, I have to do those 10 minutes while I'm on the metro or whatever. And then do you design something based on their time frame? 
Yeah, totally. Um, that's part of the question I go through when <clears throat> I encounter my clients to understand their lifestyle, their challenges, their how busy they are. Some some want just a five minute practice because that's all they can have for now, and that's great. You know, it's a great start. Better five minutes a day than nothing. You know, and it has it. It's you know, it really starts to to change after a while if you do those five minutes for a few weeks. And then, and then some people, of course, have more time, and and then they have more, more space to do that, and we can adapt the practice to that. But but I would say generally, um, you know, you don't really need to tailor the practice. You could, for example, take ten minutes a day and practice your sophology uh, in a very traditional way, perhaps at home or in your office, and then. As soon as you have understood the exercises and you've uh, created your first, I call them libraries of, of sensation and perception through the practice, you will naturally uh, feel what works well for you and, and, and see, okay, uh, perhaps uh, just one in-breath and an out-breath and you're able to tap into that positive sensation you felt during the practice or just the simple moves and you're, you're right there, you know. And, and I think uh, that comes naturally with the practice of sophology because you're shifting your awareness and uh, you're more in touch with, with you know, with your, your sensation, your feelings. Well, and you, you get in touch with yourself, don't you? With yes. what's happening in your, in your body and also you actually you feel the change that happens with you. Yeah, completely. From from feeling more relaxed to perhaps being a bit more patient to perhaps recognize when you have strong emotion and how you can, uh, for example, anger, you can channel it through a move or or and tune into something positive. You know, I think it's 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 really knowing yourself from from managing your stress to to deeper stuff like for example um, finding out what what are your values you know in level four of sophrology we speak a lot about how values like life values what do you value in your daily life deep inside your heart there are also ways to support you to understand who you are and to decide what you're gonna do uh, or take a decision or and 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 sophology gives you that that breath that you can go deeper and, and find these answers for yourself. You just triggered a question because there are the 12 areas that you get to. How long does it take for a person to learn the complete practice? So, um, you know, like if you really practice by the book and want to do it like as Alfonso Caicedo recommended, which is not, absolutely necessary you know there's 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 you don't need to do the 12 level to feel a change but if you want to go to that in that journey it's two it's probably two year of regular practice two and a half year of regular practice because you know the you you basically progress through the method and it's because you practice that you can access more awareness of your body of your mind and, and go deeper every time so there's no, there's no really there's no point in jumping ahead for example and starting at level five because you will actually not feel a lot and we, it will just be something in your mind rather than 
a, a truly transformative experience. Ah, but that's I'm, so interesting. So, Dominique, um, I just wanted to point out that in your book, you have an audio guide as well. So the book is called The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology. And when you go to different pages, you'll see a like a megaphone um, or a speaker. And you can uh, go to your websites, which I'm going to give your websites out right now, so that people can have that guided experience and they can do one level or whatever it is that they need, right? Yes, yes. So yes. the website is besofro.com, B-E-S-O-P-H-R-O.com. And Dominique is also on Twitter at besofro and of Facebook, besofro practice, and Instagram, besofro London. So um, we're at the end of our session here. Do you want to leave uh, our listeners with a final thought about sophrology or anything that you would like to say? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure to, to talk to you. It's and, wonderful. And- thank you. I'm so <laughs> excited about sophrology. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, I think we all have uh, our inner power inside. And I I really believe that with the right tool, we can all uh, live the best, the best life we can, you know, and and I'm a true believer in that. And I hope it will inspire people to, you know, to just give it a try and, and see for themselves. Well, pick up a copy of the book. The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology. Breathe and connect with the calm and happy you. Dominique Antiglio, and her last name is spelled A-N-T-I-G-L-I-O. Well, it is such a pleasure to speak with you. I would want people to visit the website B-Sophro, S-O-P-H-R-O, and it's Sophrology. So it is from a word from Plato. So it's pretty, very interesting. Dominique, you're just delightful. And this is, you've opened up a new door for me, something new that I'd never heard of that I'm so excited to learn because wellness is something that we can never get tired of. We have to, you know, in order to be really happy, you need to be healthy. And why not be healthy in mind, body, and spirit? Oh, thank you. You take care. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. That That is the book, The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology, Breathe and Connect with the Calm and Happy You, and you heard how much it can help. So pick up a copy and go to the website, besofro.com. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel, and Sophrology will definitely empower you. I'll be right back. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites, here's Cynthia Bryan. When things go wrong in a transaction, you bet they will. You have an opportunity to build a good relationship and loyalty by setting the matter straight. 
Providing service with a smile is the way to go. And here are a few tips to keep you on the right track. Say you're sorry. Sincere apologies go a long way to mending a problem. And expedite a solution. The faster you fix something, the better. Respond positively. People are involved. People are not products. Treat everyone with respect and understanding. And give more than expected. Follow up. Make sure you have happy people around you. And that way, you'll make an investment in their future and yours. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you the annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, we are back. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am still Cynthia Bryan, and I am learning about sophrology. It was really fascinating because it's a word I had never heard until I found this book, and it really is big news for the wellness world. It combines so many things that I already have practiced and know about, but it's interesting how it works on so many different levels. So I have a feeling this is going to be the new craze that's going to happen because I got involved in the mindfulness uh, industry. Oh, gosh, it's got to be 15 years ago. Just a few years after I started this radio show, I was doing a mindfulness um another show on mindfulness. So this is very, very fascinating. So make sure you check out Dominique's book, The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology, and you can go to um, besophro.com and check this out. Well, another movement that is really happening that I'm excited, really excited about, because as you all know, I'm known as the goddess gardener, and I am such a nature girl, and I spend as much time outside as possible and I just can't wait well maybe the technology is here and I don't know about it where I can just be out you know um, hiking or or working in the garden and do my radio show instead of being tethered to a computer 
But anyway, it's a grassroots movement where physicians are actually prescribing time outdoors as the best possible cure for a huge list of ailments. And of course, the big you know, question is, is are they going to be able to convince big healthcare, big pharma, that free medicine is the future uh, and the way to go? I mean, I have always found that the more time you spend outdoors, the healthier you feel. Because it. how often do you get outside? Are you outside enough? That's the key. Um, you know, children who spend time outdoors tend to experience better physical and mental health. And that is, uh, that's actually a fact. And so what's happening now is um, research institutes for nature and health are opening at actually major medical centers and electronic medical record systems have begun to incorporate prescriptions for nature just as they do for pharmacological ones. And at least one major health insurer has begun uh, offering incentives for the nature the nature um, prescriptions. So I w- we we really have you covered. Is the one is Kaiser Permanente, uh, which is based in Northern California. It is helping to upgrade parks and improve um, access on the West Coast, particularly in low income areas. And since 2015, the company has spent more than $7 million on 25 local parks and open space projects. That's just in Northern California. And they're building new playgrounds and fitness courts. They're even launching a mobile van that supports urban gardening and farming right in San Francisco. And they're funding programs to introduce people to parks and um, to train the park staff to help them. So it's really, it's kind of happening. Now, will it save money for insurance companies? Nobody really knows that yet, but it's better to have healthier members, right? And as hard as it may be to believe, um, it's kind of the right thing to do. Get people outside, get them off pills. It's like stop popping pills and let's just pop in at a park. So the prescriptions that doctors are now writing are taking many forms from general encouragement just to get outside like twice a week to get some activity to actually giving them instructions for a specific activity, a location, a duration, a frequency. So in a world where we increasingly live our lives outdoors, we will start to think about nature just not as a place to recreate or to have recreation, but also as a social um, determinant of our health. Now, there's not a diagnostic code yet for nature deficit disorder. I was really honored. um, Gosh, I don't know what year it was. I think it was might have been 2003 or 2004. I interviewed uh, Richard uh, Louvre, L-O-U-V, for his really incredible book, Last Child in the Woods. <clears throat> and um, I remember he had, this is when I was at a studio in San Diego at World Talk Radio, and he came into the studio. He was uh, coming to San Diego. And afterwards, we talked for, I think, hours because it was just, I, I just felt that his book was um, was a breakout book. It turns out it, it was because 
The Last Child in the Woods was really about our kids getting outside at all anymore. So it's very important that we do get, you know, that we get our um, outdoor time, not only for the vitamin D that we're going to get from the sunshine, but also because we're going to get more steps in. You'll be exercising more. You have the smells of nature. You'll have the tactile. um, And it's also just you know, relaxing your eyes with the greens. Now, doctors have been encouraging their patients to go outside for millennia. I mean, you know, uh, Hippocrates said that walking was man's best medicine. In the Han Dynasty, physicians encouraged outdoor frolicking exercises to ward off aging. And until the mid-1940s, tuberculosis patients were sent to mountain retreats to take in the magic airs. And, you know, if you've gone to any spas in Switzerland or even in other places, usually you were told to take in the waters. And that was, you know, to help you heal as well. And if you weren't to a, uh, when I say a spa, I meant to like at a lakeside where it was natural bubbling waters and, and something. So what's happening now is different, though. It is widespread, and um, it is an aspiration, and it's where they're trying to make it evidence-based. So boutique wilderness treatments for trauma and behavioral disorders have actually existed for years, and that idea that your primary care physician or psychiatric nurse practitioner or cardiologist might prescribe a park before a pill, that's what's becoming very new. So what we have to credit is the concept to a regional Australian recreation department, actually. It was called Parks Victoria. And it began to link the outdoors and human health through initiatives with medical providers back way in the in 2000. So in any case, we need to get outdoors, get outdoors more, and um, do whatever you can. Just take a walk around the block. That's very important. There's approximately 1,200 nature prescriptions written by physicians uh, annually right now, and we want to make it more. Well, thank you for being great listeners and letting me into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned in to Star Style every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. And for more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com and information about the charity visit bethestarur.org. Until next week, when we celebrate again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and I encourage you, be the star you are. Be the star you are. Be the star you are. The star you been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you are.org ignite the flame that burns brightly within 
Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.